0: Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and behindthemask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. Buy OxyPow. Our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at oxypow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, World Class City. Buy M Drive. Take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M Drive fits your lifestyle. Buy summer skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the location near you. And by the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
2: All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. And uh, I apologize for being about 10 minutes late on the start tonight. I have good reason, though. I drove 615 miles or something like that from Denver into uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Just got here to my uh, favorite Kansas City spot, the beautiful Caesars Harris Resort. And um, I'm tucked in and ready to go. It's uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you from Kansas City. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? Good. I'm ready to take over.
3: If you just somehow fall asleep during the show because of all the <laughs> driving you did today, I'm raring to go.
2: <laughs> I love it. But hang Drink in there you. for one
3: more hour, Scott, and then you can I'm go good. to
2: bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, lots of good things happening because we're talking about our uh, our third Uh, I T H S W W C H L game of the week. It uh, pits um, the top team in the conference uh, university of central Oklahoma against uh, the second ranked team in the conference, the Missouri state ice bears, and it's going to be in spring Vegas. And I can't wait to get there. Um, The rink is already painted pink. I will be there to see a full house, I understand, to see a great hockey game on Friday night. So looking forward to that. We're going to have the assistant coach, Cliff Cook, on with us tonight, as well as the general manager, uh, Ryan Armstrong, joining us a uh, little, little past 9 o'clock uh, Central Time. But before we get to that, we're bringing on the commissioner of the WCHL, somebody we've had on before and somebody we need to talk to again and get an update on this fantastic conference he oversees. Chris Perry is with us, so... Chris, Scott, and uh, Stephen with you. How are you?
4: I'm okay. Hopefully, you guys can hear me.
2: We can hear you loud and clear. You've got this down to a science now, don't you?
4: Hey, it, it only took a half dozen tries, right?
3: <laughs> well, if first, right? you don't succeed, try, 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 There you try go, again. Stephen.
4: There you go. I like it. I like it.
2: Uh, well... Chris, it's great to have you on. Um, I told you, I said uh, we want you on two podcasts because both my co-hosts are just banging me over the head, going like, "We need to talk to Chris. We need to talk to Chris." So Stephen is going to be the first one to grill you. Uh, Paul Hornstein, my NCAA co-host, is uh, sleeping on Long Island, New York tonight, so he won't be
4: bothering you. How are Ooh-hoo. you, first of all? I'm all right. How about how about you? Tell us all about driving across Kansas because I've made that drive many, many times.
1: I'm There's very familiar
4: dangerous. with Colby and Joaquin and Hayes and Salina and Lyman, Colorado. Did you, did you at least stop and take a picture at, can, at the border of Canarado?
2: I did not. I did not on this trip. I did stop twice to put fuel in and use the restroom, and then I just kept on driving because I knew I had a show to do tonight and I had to get here on time. So, yeah, I had a glorious uh, uh, just about three weeks in Colorado taking care of my NCAA teams. And as you know, I saw uh, Colorado take on Utah in our game of the week last week. Um, So, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, now I'm in Kansas City for a day or two, and then I'm going down to, uh, as they're calling it in Springfield, Spring Vegas.
4: <laughs> yeah, Spring Vegas. Yeah. Uh, very nice. <laughs> very nice.
2: Okay, so let's start right off here with the rankings. Uh, I don't know if you've heard or uh, if anybody's told you, but I've said from the start of the season, before the start of the season, I said, WCHL, ACHAD1 will be, the best conference top to bottom by the end of the year. And I'm not talking about having the most in the top. I'm just saying the best conference top to bottom.
4: Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you.
2: Well, what I'm seeing right now from your teams is unbelievable. I, I cannot believe the competitiveness. I cannot believe the professionalism. Um, you know, as a guy, quote unquote, in the media, and I get a chance to visit with these guys. Uh, Chris, what are you doing to these teams? Because they're like, they look like NCAA teams when they come off that bus, and and they're serious. I talked to Utah uh, last week, and and they're uh, they have a GM and four coaches, and they all look good. Um, what a representation for you.
4: Well, yeah, but it's it's not me. I mean, it's it's all of them. It's all the teams. I have. I'm just fortunate enough to. You know, be the knucklehead that's the administrator uh, of the of the conference, but it's all the the teams themselves that are representing themselves and the conference in a, in a great light. And I think it's a, a testament to the, how seriously um, they they take ACHA D one hockey. It's not, you know, yeah, this is ACHA and yeah, it's club hockey, but you know what? This is a little bit. I've, we've talked about this before. It's not club hockey this isn't you know everybody piles into a van and gets a keg of beer and drives overnight to go play hockey somewhere in the mountains you know it's not like a a senior a league or something like that this is the real deal and it's um competitive uh and i think in the western collegiate hockey league i'd put most any of our teams up against any ncaa d3 teams uh nine times out of ten and without hesitation and so it's a it's a testament it's it's not to me it's a testament to uh, the teams themselves and the leadership for each of the ten teams that they uh, take it seriously and they do uh, just a great job, uh, you know, leading the way. And I, and I, I'm partial. I think it's the best conference in the uh, in the ACHA Division One. But I also understand there's an argument that can be made that there are some other conferences out there. I think they're poor arguments, but um, that's me. I'm biased.
2: <laughs> That's okay. I know Stephen has been chomping at the bit all week to ask you about standings and how the schedule works and all that good stuff. So I'm just going to step aside and let him ramble. <laughs> oh, geez. Here we go. Take it, Stephen. Take it on. S-
4: Stephen, hold on. The last time we, you and I talked, I got in trouble. I got an angry text from a Las Vegas listener who took issue with, um, you know, something I said. And apparently has a little bit thinner skin than most of us. But um, so, all I'm asking, Stephen, is before you get going, go easy on me. <laughs>
3: okay, I won't. I won't. We won't bring. We won't bring him up in this conversation. But I do want to ask. I, I do want to ask about the the standings because um, you know we promoted the uh, ACHA WCHL game of the week in, in Colorado last week and got a win against Utah. And I was excited for thinking, oh, they finally got. They got a, a, a league win. Well, little to find out that it actually didn't count in the league standing. So maybe just kind of for our listeners and for me to kind of get better clarity and uh, kind of explain how the, 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 the standings work and, and how the scheduling works out and why some games that some teams are playing within the league are, are actually not considered league games.
4: Sure. Sure. Um, We have 10 teams now in the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and uh, we've split the conference into two divisions, an East and a West division. And out in the West, we have the three Arizona schools, uh, Las Vegas and Utah. Out West, uh, out East, we have the two Oklahoma schools, the two Colorado schools and the uh, Missouri State. So everybody within their division plays a home and home against one another. And that's to keep travel costs down in theory. Right. So um, we'll take – since you're in Vegas, we'll take UNLV. They're going to have a home-and-home with Arizona, Arizona State, Grand Canyon, and Utah. So there's um, 16 games right there automatically on the schedule. And each team from the West Division will have one crossover away series and one crossover home series with a team from the other division. So in this case, this past week, UNLV traveled – to um, University of Central Oklahoma. And that's their crossover away trip to the East Division. Uh, A week or so from now, uh, Missouri State is coming to Las Vegas. That's the away or the home crossover that uh, UNLV will have. And so that will give everybody, uh, everybody has has something similar. And what I've done is, in, in crafting the schedule, everybody will play uh, somebody different. Um, They'll be, you know, Arizona is going to go to Colorado. Arizona state is going to go to Oklahoma, Utah, I believe goes to Colorado state and then uh, Oklahoma will go to um, they go to Utah at the end of the year. I believe Uh, central Oklahoma, I already gone to Arizona state and um, and CU goes down to grand Canyon this week. So what, by doing so, Stephen, what that allows is everybody has 16 games within their division and four games, two home, two away, in what I call the crossover from the, uh, from the other division. And that crossover will rotate on a five-year basis. So every five, so the Nevada-Las Vegas won't come to Central Oklahoma again until five years from now. And Missouri State won't go back to Nevada-Las Vegas until five years from now. So we'll cycle through everybody at some point in time. Nevada will be going to Oklahoma and Colorado and Colorado State and Missouri State, and at some point in time, Oklahoma, Central Oklahoma, Colorado, and Colorado State will all be coming to uh, UNLV. So I hope that makes sense. That's kind of that's the concept of what we're doing with in terms of our schedule.
3: Okay, so let me follow up with that. So, so some teams then are playing additional. I guess WCHL games, we'll call it. But so if they do that, then it's it's then it's just a regular ACHA game, and it's not a league game. So how does how do you determine? So how does that determine them in, in that regard?
4: Well, what I do when I give, uh, you know, when when I work up the schedule, um, we give I fill in ten weekends, and uh, I basically give the schedule to. all the coaches and I say, fill them up, fill up all the other weekends as you see fit. Now, uh, for instance, the Oklahoma teams, the two Colorado teams, the three Arizona teams, I'll put those games that I put in there, they're kind of placeholders. So if they see fit to move stuff around to a different weekend, or in this case, we have some weekday games, um, then obviously I leave that to them because they know what's better available at their rank. Um, But, there are some games that, if they uh, or some teams that will fill in those open weekends with some games against conference members, they just won't be conference teams. For instance, let's look at Arizona and Arizona State. They're going to play eight times this year.
3: That's what I was getting at next. So I'm glad you're
4: bringing it up. Yeah, they they just played two times up in Tempe. In both of those games um, will count in the Western Collegiate Hockey League standings, but they're going to play six times down in uh, Tucson. Uh, I believe it's uh, December uh, January and late in February and the December and January games will be non-conference games. The f- late February games, I, I asked the teams, which, you know, they basically elect which games will count as the conference games. And so they tell me, and so the f- late February games will be the two games, the two ASU at U of A games that count, um, Oklahoma and central Oklahoma play six times. Um, The games in December and February will be the the four games there. Those will be the ones that count. The game that they just played a couple of weeks ago and the game that they played in January will not count as conference games. They'll count in the ECHA rankings and they'll count in their records and their computer rankings, but it will not count for conference membership. And what happened with Utah and Colorado is um, those two teams had uh, – they filled the need on their schedule and they scheduled a home and home Uh, against one another so those games even though they're against conference members those aren't official conference games and so those are just add-ons if you will those games do not count in the conference standings they will count in the ECHA records and in the ECHA computer but not for WCHL purposes
2: okay I think he's got it now he has to have it by now
4: (laughs) <laughs> well, if you don't, Stephen, I'll get the crayons out and I'll mail something to you.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, as I look down the latest rankings, Chris, and I know the computers haven't taken over yet, so uh, are we still doing? Is it coaches? Is that who who, who does the ACHA D one rankings or for, for right? Come
4: yeah, for right now, it's the coaches.
2: Okay, so as I look down, I see uh, WCHL teams: uh, number seven, Central Oklahoma; number ten, Nevada Las Vegas. I see number 16, Missouri State. I see number 19, Arizona, and number 24, Arizona State. Um, doing my math, that's, five, that's half of your teams in the top 25. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma and Utah uh, received votes. How um, either one of them didn't get enough votes to surpass a couple of teams, I don't know. Um, so, so my question to you is I think realistically you're going to have seven, maybe eight teams ranked at some point this year. So uh, that being the case, what's a realistic number for the fans here in the WCHL and uh, our coverage area to expect to get a shot at a national tournament bid?
4: Well, um, let's let's hope uh, let's hope that you're right. I think when the computer comes comes out, then. Um, Uh, and that'll come out in two weeks. So that'll be November 3rd will be the first day that we actually use the computer ranking. I think you're going to see a lot of movement right now. This is a coach's ranking. And in my opinion, it's just a bunch of garbage. It's a popularity contest. I mean, it's nice to have a number in front of some names, but with it, with the exception of one team this week, Oklahoma dropped out and Lawrence tech moved up. But for the past four weeks, it's been the same 25 teams for you know, the past four weeks, and that's just silly.
3: Well, I like that um, Illinois is two, seven, and one, and they're still hanging on at number 25. So,
4: yeah, I mean, it's the the computer don't lie. And, uh, you know, it's when when the computer kicks in on November 3rd, all of this stuff is going to get turned on its head. Now, and it could be that Lindawood is still number one, but you're going to see a lot of movement. Um, I'm happy that uh, right now, six, uh, five teams are in the top 25. Um, and that two are right on the cusp with Oklahoma and Utah. I think when the computer turns around, we're probably going to have five or six teams in there, and it'll be all jumbled around. I think Central Oklahoma and UNLV will be up there. Um, I think they'll be probably both be higher than uh, number seven. Uh, and at the end of the day, I hope that uh, I think four is a, uh, is a good number for, uh, t- for expectations for uh, nationals. Four WCHL teams to make the field at nationals. That's basically twenty percent. I'm hopeful that five, but I think more realistically, four is the thing. the The, the question, obviously, uh, Scott, is how many? How many? Um, <laughs> the question is how many uh, uh, auto bids are going to get eaten up and out of the twenty spots that are available. And right now, it's looking like we're only going to have three possibly eaten up and so i'm gonna suggest that you've got to be 17 or better and that's why i say four i'd love for it to be five but you know reality is is that three teams are going to get bumped and we'll see and
2: and three teams are going to be yelling and screaming
4: (laughs) well yeah (laughs) it it, it, it happened a couple years ago in frisco right arizona state got bumped oklahoma got bumped uh, i think midland got bumped i think
5: you're right
4: yeah, it's it it stinks, and so there's there's some discussion about possibly expanding the field to 24, so that if people do get bumped, it bumps, you know, 21, 22, 23, and 24, and the top the real top 20 get in. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't think I I don't think anybody has won it recently in the last 10 years ranked lower than seven, and that was not. And uh, the lowest ranked seed to ever win, and I believe it was a number 11 seed, and that was Oakland about 12 years ago when they had an incredible player, uh, Will McMahon, that played for them. So
5: right,
4: yeah. uh, reality is, you know, if you're in the 15 to 20 range or 15 to 24, you, you're a long shot. It's good to, that you make it to nationals, but, you know, you've got to be one through eight, I think, to, to win, to have a realistic chance of winning. And I think we're probably going to have two good teams in that one through eight spot.
2: So and, I, me, and I hope,
4: and I hope that we have more.
2: Let me ask you this. Um, Lindenwood now number one, uh, it yep. just it just worked out this weekend that I get to see Lindenwood Wood play uh, an NCAA Division One series against Air Force. Um, I've already seen them play on TV at least against an NCAA program in in Denver. Um, so obviously those two games aren't gonna count in ACHA standings, correct?
4: those games will not count. It's okay. one of your
2: it's one of your hecklers here online has asked. That, that's my co-host. Uh, I'm telling you, my NCAA. That's not co-host. just a heckler.
4: That's yeah, that's
2: Paul.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, those Air Force anyway. games will not count in the computer.
2: Okay. Um so it, what how do I word this? What's the uh what's the advantage if there is any for an ACHA team to uh to play I know what if they're moving up like Lindenwood is um it's a big advantage for them but is there any advantage for the ACHA to uh for respectability or anything of that sort to to match up in a weekend series like that because Lindenwood's going to do it five times this year
4: yeah I mean there is an advantage obviously you get the prestige of telling your guys that you're playing NCAA program and you know if you keep it close um, or, you know, if, you're, if you get to be fortunate and win, then that's even, you know, all the better. Uh, so there is, a, there is a prestige factor that comes with it, and it helps out. I know that when Penn State went NCAA, um, they played their, I think it was their first two years, they played a hybrid schedule against ACHA teams. Arizona State did the same thing um they they're that year after they announced and officially went NCAA they played in uh, a hybrid schedule so it's there is a a certain amount of prestige um you know from my experience it with when I was running Oklahoma we went and played Alabama Huntsville at their place and you know don't get me going on that because we should have beat them at least in (laughs) one game we, we had them and so uh Anyways, and then we went up to uh, we went up to Vancouver along with the ASU team Greg Powers and his Arizona State Club team and played Simon Fraser in uh, University of British Columbia and we I think we brought UBC to uh, uh, to overtime and uh, Oklahoma did and Arizona State actually won one of the two games up there so it, it, there there's a, a lot of prestige that comes with playing in those games and um, you know it, it's 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 a feather that you can use to promote. Um, uh, it's a, it's something that you can use to promote and uh, sell your program that you're not just, again, to, you know, rag on, on the, on the stereotype. It's not, you know, a keg of beer in a cargo van and we're driving all through the night. You know, this isn't club hockey. This isn't what you see in the movies or a slap shot, that kind of thing. This is, it's serious stuff. It's in that gray area between, you know, club sports and varsity sports.
2: Okay. So Steve, I know Steven wants to jump back in with one more question before we let you go. So, uh, I'm going to get one in first. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so Lindenwood ranked number one. We had, uh, coach Zombo on, uh, our NCAA uh, show. That's when he announced that they were, um, going to play an exhibition against Denver. And when he was on, uh, I kind of asked him about what the roadmap was for him. And he referenced uh, Greg powers and of course Arizona state. He also, uh, a reference guy in, uh, in the Penn state. And he is, uh, what's the right word to say? He is determined that his team needs to win the ACHA national tournament at home. And then also pick up, uh, some additional, um, money people, if you will. And that's the plan, uh, from what I understand from our conversation, um, So uh, how important do you think that is for a team to jump from ACHA to NCAA? How important is it to win that national tournament? I know Greg Powers thinks it's essential.
4: Well, I think it's important to have won it. And in that respect, you know, Lindenwood has already done that. Uh, I think they've won it three times uh, over the past, what, 15 years. Arizona State won it. They didn't win it the year they left, but they won it. They played for it the year they left, I think. Uh, Penn State did not win it the year that they left. Um, They were all but anointed. And then, you know, the hockey gods uh, uh, came in and made things right and (laughs) they lost in the semifinals. Um, So is it important to win it during the season when you jump? I don't think so. Is it important to win it because it established yourself as one of the big boys of the ACHA and thus worthy of jumping? I think that's, I think it is a necessary ingredient. You know, I don't necessarily agree with um, you know one one of your uh, one of your hecklers here online is asking you know has Linda Wood announced something? Uh, it's you know I, you tell me. I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. It's from what you just described there, it sure I'm just a dumb I'm just a dumb kid on the Oklahoma <laughs> prairie. It sure uh, sounds to me like the cart is before the horse.
2: Yeah, let let me tell you this. Go back and listen to uh, our podcast, our Sunday night podcast from about. Um, uh, the end of, uh, end of September, right before October 2nd. Uh, and you'll hear, uh, you'll hear it right from the horse's mouth, if you will, from coach Rick Zombo. Uh, they have, they have made every effort, uh, in my estimation to do it. I think, uh, the final checks will be written based on, uh, what they show. Um, a nine one, uh, defeat at, at Denver university was probably difficult, Um, you know, I mean, you're playing one of the best teams in NCAA hockey to start things off, but I think this is a huge weekend for Lindenwood. I think the weekend at Arizona state's a huge weekend. And I do believe that they want to, um, finish it off uh, at the ACHA level. And that's what I'll say. I will dig into coach uh, Zombo to see if I can give him to spit out those words uh, this weekend, assuming that they can at least uh, get a win. One of those games against air force, but all right, Stephen, you got one last one for the commissioner because he's got his own podcast to do.
4: Yeah. I have, I've, I've got my own people to disappoint. Come on, Stephen.
3: <laughs> well, this isn't the question, but how many, how many listeners do you have on your podcast?
4: I think we have 14 now, 14.
3: Okay, and I'm one of them, so there you go. <laughs>
4: That's right. You, I think you're trustee number 13.
2: <laughs> oh, no, not 13. That's an unlucky number. <laughs> yeah. Okay, get it out of the way. we got other guests now. Okay. okay. Let, him, let him get to work. <laughs> okay. Then, then, let me just
3: ask you then, we're, we're a few weeks into the, the ACHA season. We've had some some league games, and we're seeing how the standings are. We talked about the standings and where those are. Are there any surprises uh, of, of what you've seen and who's at the top and who's in the middle and who's at the bottom? Is, is there any surprises that you've seen so far uh, in the early going?
4: Um. Uh, y- y- yes and no I mean I think a pleasant There's a couple of pleasant surprises I, I think everybody kind of knew that Central Oklahoma and uh, UNLV and Arizona Were going to be the big dogs And uh, you know they're going to be the traditional uh, powers in the in the Western Collegiate League, just from the rankings over the past few years, even though this is UNLV's first year in the conference, but you've got a pleasant surprises. You've you've seen a competitive Utah game, uh, Utah team that won a weekend with Arizona and split at Colorado. You've seen Colorado bounce back, and uh, you know they they took a game off of Colorado. Um, you've seen uh, Missouri State; they're just running through everything right now. They're undefeated. And so, uh, except for, you know, the two games that they played up there at Lindenwood, they've beaten everyone, though, in the conference. They've won all their conference games. So this is a huge weekend coming up for them, the UCO games. And then you've got uh, Arizona State, and uh, I, I, who, who I think has been very uh, pleasantly surprising. In terms, you know, they pulled probably the toughest of draws in terms of UCO and U of A right out of the gate at home, you know, four, day, four games in six days, I think it was. And that's a tough draw, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to find that, uh, you know, this weekend, especially since they'll be up in Vegas, it'll be, uh, oh, I'm sorry, at Utah, it'll be uh, telling for them. And then we'll look at last week, Colorado State took two off of Oklahoma. So it's a, it's a competitive conference, and it's uh, there's parity all, all around, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with, uh, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of dog meat at the bottom, you know. We've, we're, we're tough, 10 teams top to bottom.
3: And then you got, and then I'll just make a comment about Arizona. They've, they've had a kind of a tough start to the season, a lot of tough road games to start with. They're going to be here in Vegas this weekend, so a couple more tough games. Are you kind of surprised by them, or you think as it goes along and they have their home schedule, they're going to settle in and, and be right up there? I,
4: I have, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. I'm, you know, they have a handicap because they don't have enough a lot of ice to start the season down there in Tucson. So they have to commute, you know, an hour and a half one way just to go get on the ice. That's three hours sitting on a bus, not counting an hour or hour and a half of practice. So, I mean, that's – those are hellacious days for them. I think um, – I th- and so I think that's why they've kind of gotten off to a slow start. You saw what they did at Utah, and I think that's – you can attribute that to, um, you know, not playing for a year, but also, you know, having – to practice, you know, an hour and a half away from home for as much as they did. And then you saw them rebound at, uh, at Colorado, uh, when Colorado State came into the TCC. Now, you know, Grand Canyon always seems to have their number, uh, especially at the beginning of a semester. So I was a little surprised to see that six to four um, uh, result. But I have confidence in uh, Coach Berman and uh, U of A that they're going to, you know, nothing's awarded, nothing's won here in October. And so they're going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. And they're going to be, uh, they're going to be one of the teams uh, to, that you're going to have to go through if you want to win this conference, I believe.
2: Totally agree with you, Chris. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I know uh, you got your own things to do and uh, you're going to be on the road for the weekend. So uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, continue the good work. I know you don't want to take any credit, but come on, somebody has got to line up these schedules and keep people in line. And um, I know the hard work that you do. So, Uh, We
4: appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, Stephen, appreciate the softballs so that uh, you keep me out of trouble. (laughs) Hopefully my text line won't uh, blow up here in about 20 minutes. I love it. I'm going to have to change my number. All right, (laughs) take care, guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's
2: the commissioner of the WCHL, Chris Perry, joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back because we're going down to Spring Vegas. We've got uh, GM Ryan Armstrong, and we've got associate uh, head coach, assistant coach uh, Cliff Cook. Uh, with us in just a minute. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress, that combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese surrounded by offensive of ribs
2: Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Serrani joining you from Kansas City, Missouri tonight. And my co-host is always, Stephen Marsh, out on uh, that beautiful spot of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Up next, we're doing something different, as you can tell. uh, There's something going on in Missouri State. It's a uh, pink rink, and um, we've got a mic on somebody. We've got Coach Cliff Cook with us. Coach, how's the mic working? (laughs) Coach, can you hear me? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I hear a lot of background noise.
6: <laughs> He's yeah, on you guys oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, we, we, go. we got We can hear. We can hear everything there going on in Missouri. Sounds like practice State. is in full effect right now.
3: It
2: sounds great.
6: <laughs> oh, absolutely. A little forward D competition right now.
2: <laughs> How are you, my friend?
6: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: Uh, we're doing great. Uh, number 16, uh, and. Uh, Proud owners of the upcoming ITHSW, WCHL Game of the Week on Friday night. I can't wait to get there because I've heard so many things about your program and about your rank and your fan base. Uh, I'm thrilled to get down there on Friday.
6: Uh, you're in for a treat. It's a, it's a fun experience here. Uh, we've really been... Pound of the pavement. To uh, I mean, we're we're used to big crowds here. They've been down a little bit to start the season, but we fully anticipate a, a full house on uh, Friday and Saturday.
2: And and you told me today you said, "Hey, I want to try something different. I want to try to be mic'd up and talk to you from the ice." So so how are you liking that thought?
6: <laughs> it's uh it's different it's a little weird having the earpods uh, ear pods in while i'm on the ice and i can't hear you guys are probably hearing the ambient noise better than i am right now so it's a little weird. And the, for- yeah, we're- and the forwards just beat the d by the way <laughs> well, we, are here.
4: Little-
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are hearing it all uh, we're gonna have your general manager with us in just a second but um, as chris perry just told us you guys are undefeated in the conference and this is a huge weekend for you uh, not only with the rival, but with the number one team in the conference right now, UCL. Um, what do you have to do to get a couple of wins?
6: We just have to play our game. You know, we uh, we're very confident. Uh, you know, we had a, a week off to get get healthy. We were a little banged up after our, our last home series against GCU, so you know we're in good shape. Uh, we got our captain back, who's been out for a few weeks, uh, so we're, we're we're feeling good about things. And having the big crowd is going to help as well.
3: Stephen hop on okay so uh coach as, you, as Scott mentioned you guys are playing UCO they're undefeated you guys are undefeated this is one and two is these are these the most important games of your season I, every game is important but to this point are these the most important games that you're going to play so far
6: oh absolutely there's no question but you know we also are of the mindset that every time we step on the ice that's the most important game of the year and that's You know, in order to be successful, we've got to have that mindset every night. But, you know, we'd be uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say these hold a lot more weight than perhaps two weeks ago and nothing against GCU. But, you know, when you're facing uh, the only other undefeated team in the conference, those are obviously uh, big games.
2: Well, if you guys had a chance to play Lindenwood early in the year. Uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to see Lindenwood play uh, NCAA opponent Air Force at their barn. Uh, any advice for Air Force on how to take on that team? <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, keep them out of their uh, D zone. We didn't do a very good job oh. of keeping them out of our D zone. So uh, we did a good job defensively overall, but we spent an awful lot of time in our own end. I don't imagine don't imagine uh, Coach territory and, and the, the Falcons are going to have the same problem, though.
2: <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing. They have one heck of a goaltender. I watched him play two games against Denver last weekend, and uh, he is outstanding. So uh, they're going to have to do something special to beat him, I think.
6: Yeah, there, there's another goaltender there, too. Uh, I don't know if he's redshirted or what. I don't know how that works in Air Force. Uh, he's a younger guy who played for me. Uh, with the Pikes Peak Miners uh, about five, six, seven years ago, whatever that was, uh, Mason Balboa, Colorado kid, talented kid. So he's there at Air Force as well, but I don't suspect he's going to see a whole lot of ice this year.
4: Yeah,
2: the uh, the only time that they they take Alex Schilling out of a game was last Saturday night, and that was a a coach, a goaltending coach, getting his goalie out of there to uh, protect his numbers, I think.
6: Yeah, for sure.
2: All right, Stephen, get one more in there for Coach. Well,
3: you know, I th- I think it helps that you guys uh, you guys played Grand Canyon and beat them 15 to two, eight to three the next night. So I'm looking at the stats for your. Pl- uh, a lot of the players have uh, multiple points and multiple assists uh, throughout the season. Um, your top scorers so far: Casey Gallant and Jacob. Uh, we with- hopefully I said that. right. But how we talk, important? Yeah, yeah. We- oh, we- okay, I I need to know because. Uh, uh, this will be first I announced this. I'm doing the UNLV Missouri State games next week, and I'm filling in for the guy that normally does it. So I guess I better learn learn, learn how to say these names.
6: Oh, but, I'll, but, I'll take care of you, Stephen. We'll, <laughs> we'll get that figured out for you. Okay.
3: But how important are they to your team? I mean, you, and, and, and your whole team, but but just having um, – it looks like a lot of your, your players are contributing, which is very important for, for your team, I'm sure.
6: Oh, yeah, it's huge. You know, the nice thing about you – know, those are tough games. You mentioned the – the games against GCU, those those are difficult games to play in. I mean, I know from the outside in, it looks like a lot of fun. It's point night, but you know, it's, it's easy to get into bad habits in games like that. And our guys stayed focused. Uh, you know, did a good job. We had a couple lapses here and there, but you know, like you said, we've got some important components on this team. Utah, is a sophomore that we named one of our ultimate captains this year. Uh, Casey Gallant, a freshman from British Columbia, he's a super talented guy that we. You know, we're, we're very deep. We, we've talked about this before, up and down the lineup. We're a very deep squad, uh, you know, and we're a very young team. So we're, we're excited, uh, excited to get going this weekend. This big ice is pretty awesome. Not gonna lie.
2: <laughs> I saw the pictures. I can't wait to get there. I'm coming early, so I hope you let me in a little bit early so I can take a look yeah. at that. Well, what what, what what can Scott expect this uh, this week or Friday if the
3: pink in the rink game? Uh, what what can when he goes there? Is he going to be disappointed? I don't think he will be. But what, what can he expect? No. Uh,
6: he's going to, I would imagine, based on past history, and, I you know, I haven't been here for the the MSU-UCO kind of rivalry, if you will, um, but seeing enough games online and doing some scouting and talked to a coach, coach Josh Bell, our, our new assistant coach this year. We were just talking about it uh, prior to practice tonight. It, every time they play UCO, it is a physical, physical battle two teams that don't like each other very much um, and it's uh, basically what I was told it's very rare to come out of a UCO weekend without a couple of injuries which is unfortunate of course but that just goes to show you the kind of hockey uh, we can expect. But up-tempo, physical, there's probably not going to be very many pretty goals, be a lot of a lot of dirty nasty goals and those are the ones I like anyways.
3: Yeah, so I watched a little bit of the UCO games uh, on my laptop or my iPad when they played UNLV and, and just just the way they play, it's just the, they've they got a, a speed and they're, and they're very, um, they're very um, intense into the game. You know, when they score a goal, the players are really excited. I mean, you're always excited to score, but they just seem to be, they feed off the crowd and stuff. So not having them in your place, I'm sure it's going to be important to make sure that you can keep them at bay.
6: Oh, of course. Yeah, we you know again. I go back to if if we play the way we're capable of playing, we're we're very confident. You know, we keep telling our guys, you know, pretend everybody we're playing is Lindenwood. You know, even though we we talked about it before, even though we uh, we got swept by Lindenwood, we thought we actually played quite well. uh, You know, and we're pretty proud of the effort we put through. Our goaltending was phenomenal that weekend. So if we can uh, if we can come out with the same intensity every every night, no matter who the opponent is. Think of it as, you know, we're going to, we're going to be in really good shape as think. And that, that includes this weekend, I mean, we're, we're not trying to downplay UCO by any means. We're 87, like which is probably you know, fairly accurate at the moment. We'll see when the computer rankings come out. That's, you know, I heard you guys talking with Chris Perry about that. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to see where we stack up. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We've got back to back weekends here, so we, we can't look ahead. Every, every night's a tough one.
2: Yeah, that was going to be my qu- uh, last question for you, Cliff, was uh, the strength of the WCHL. I saw it on paper, and uh, I've gotten a chance to meet the coaches a little bit over the last uh, couple of weeks. I haven't had a chance to uh, visit with UCO or Oklahoma yet, but uh, and Colorado State, I guess, but everybody else I've had a chance to visit with. And uh, the way you guys run your programs and the intensity that you bring on and off the ice, uh, you got to be pleased with the conference as a whole, right?
6: Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what you want. You want the not only the parity that can happen, but you also want, you want to be played against the best teams in the country every night because it's just, you know, for just purely hockey reasons, you get the better quality. But also from a ranking standpoint, you know you're facing, you know, potentially top 10, top 15 teams every time you step on the ice. So it's, it's good for a lot of reasons. And, and again, you've, as you guys mentioned, you've seen some of that, that parity this year. Yeah. You know, I think we are all, and maybe we shouldn't have been surprised, but based on you know, our results against him, we were all just kind of stunned at the Grand Canyon, Arizona final the other night. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, and then again, you see CSU coming back twice against Oklahoma. And obviously, as you can tell, we're paying attention. I, I talked I talk to Jeremy Jeremy Law the other day, and he and I were joking. and said, he said this for sure, and, and I agree with This is probably the most scoreboard watching you've ever done, and it's only October.
2: <laughs> okay, we got to get your GM on so he can tell us about uh, Pink the Rink yeah, and about the we? program. We're, we'll grab him in just a minute. Uh, do us something since you're on the ice. Uh, get, get those lungs going a little bit. Give us a little skate around. <laughs>
6: Oh, uh, i've been kind of tooling around just since we've been talking mainly so i don't get hit if, if what we're doing right now what we're doing right now I'm, I'm susceptible to getting hit now now i'm standing here with coach bell and coach law so if i get hit then that means they probably got hit too
2: all right clip thanks so much for bringing this to us tonight uh absolutely love it a uh, great idea i will see you on friday my friend and uh Perfect. we're gonna we're gonna jump in with uh uh, GM Ryan Armstrong in
6: about two minutes. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: In the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Your
4: hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle
6: ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now.
0: This is Adam Trunco, captain of the CU Buffs, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas, while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today.
6: Hi, this is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
0: Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
2: All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, our ACHA WCHL WWCHL uh, podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, just drove in, got to my uh, beautiful room at the uh, Haras, and we thank our friends at Caesar's Property for that. Um, Steven Marsh, my co-host as always, is still in that beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Steven, uh, we're going to bring on the GM here in just a minute and and get the whole rundown on this uh, pink the rink thing and uh, the whole lowdown on Missouri State hockey. Uh, Before we do that, um, any thoughts on uh, what you heard from Chris Perry and from uh, Coach Cook? Well,
3: I think with Chris Perry, it was – it was great to have him on and as, as we're kind of, as the season's moving along here and, and cause I, you know, when I was saw that the standings where they were updated and I saw the result of the Utah Colorado games and didn't see that they were added into the standings, it, it was confusing to me. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm glad he, he brought it on. And, and I, when I looked at the schedules, I, I kind of figured that was the case, but it's, it was good to have him on. Of course, he's the guy that, you know, it creates the format for his league and, and, the the points and everything and 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 the the way it's done and and so it's you know it's now we know we know the process of that and we know that there are some games because you u of a and asu are playing each other more than the four times that that you you play for your conference standings and so the couple of those matchups in tucson later in the season won't be league games uh you know you almost kind of wish you know, you almost kind of wish you can pick and choose after the fact. You know, I mean, maybe ASU and U of A play a weekend. <laughs> Leave in, it to you in Leave Tucson. They come up with and, that. And, and ASU will <laughs> sweep them, right? And and but it won't. Be, but it'll be games that won't count, and then they go
2: and they games that do count and they okay. and they lose. Stop, so. stop, stop a minute! <laughs> don't go there. Uh, here's the thing: If they all count. They all count. No, they do. In the ACHA, but, mean, they but there's count. an auto
3: But if the only way you can guarantee yourself in. I mean, it's, it's to win the uh, WCHL, yeah. so you, yeah. you
2: really w- you want to well, win that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know in, in advance when those games are are the ones that count in the conference and when they aren't. So uh, there's no excuses. Uh, both coaches, yeah, they, they both know teams that. Teams know. They, they know that. Yeah, uh, we may not know from it it the, the outside. So let's so let's... Uh, let's do this. Let's bring on the uh, general manager of Missouri State Ice Bears, uh, Ryan Armstrong. Ryan, you got Scott and uh, Stephen with you tonight. How are you, my friend? doing great
5: you guys hear me okay
2: we hear you loud and clear and thank you so much for joining us i know it's a crazy busy week for you with everything that's going on but uh, i want to find out about missouri state ice bears hockey off the ice i know from your coaches that we've had on the podcast and and stuff i know their enthusiasm but tell everybody that listens to our podcast um what's the story behind ice bears hockey
5: well, first and foremost, I can let you know that I am not on the ice or in the rink. So hopefully, we don't have that background <laughs> noise. I am down in my office and uh, don't want to be anywhere near where I can get ran over. I think Cliff is absolutely crazy for having his ear pods in. The amount, the amount of multitasking it takes to do that and not get run over and pay attention is is pretty good. So, um, no, but uh, no, we're we're. Uh, we're proud members of the ACHA. We've we've been at every division, every level. Uh, started out in 2000, 2001 as an ACHA Division II team. From there, we grew to a Division II and a Division III. Uh, our Division III team is still in the Division III Gold uh, Division in MACA. That's M-A-C-H-A. It's Midwest or the uh, Mid-America. And then a handful of years ago, we decided to uh, put a bid in to join the WCHL in Division One, and it has been an absolute pleasure ever since. Um, touching off of what Cliff said, you know, we, we want to elevate our program down here in Springfield at Missouri State University, and we thought that uh, the WCHL was the strongest league to join, and, and you only get better by playing the best. And uh, we have seen a tremendous amount of growth not only in our players and the recruiting that we're able to do in the Midwest and across the country, um, but internationally, uh, the school is definitely on board with having international students. And um, our fan base is just absolutely tremendous. Uh, We get some great support down here. Springfield, Missouri is a town of about 350,000. So it's a fairly small compared to lots of major cities in the state of Missouri. Um, but we have a great following you know we we've sold out 80% of our upstairs seating uh, before the season even started and that that's a true testament of, of how much this sport has grown in this small town in uh, Central Missouri.
3: well let me let me ask this though where did the where did the nickname Spring Vegas come from maybe maybe I'm just out of the loop here but what does that? Why does everybody refer to Spring Vegas? I I maybe I, just- So,
5: you know, the saying that, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, which I can tell you it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> my parents live out in Las Vegas, and I'm very familiar with that area, and, you know, things will travel back home wherever home is for you. But, uh, you know, people look at Springfield as, as, a, as a fun place to go, not only for hockey, not only for school, but it's got a great downtown life. It's got a great atmosphere. There's a uh, the St. Louis Cardinals AA team is right down the street. Actually, we share the parking lot with them. And uh, it's it's a great, great town. We've got beautiful lakes. Um, Bass Pro has a lot to, to be thankful for, for helping build up the community around these uh, beautiful Corps of Engineer lakes we've got. And three hours away from Kansas City, three hours away from St. Louis, three hours away from Fayetteville. Uh, there's a lot of really, really Good places and and, and uh, good attractions close by, but when you come to Springfield, it's just got a different feel to it. You know, you feel like it's a it's a fun place to be.
3: Well, on following up with that is after these weekends games, and we're not going to look ahead yet. But um, you guys are going to be coming out to the real Vegas in Las Vegas. How exciting is that? As UNOV is a new team in the WCHL, you played Grand Canyon, who's a new team, and that you get to make your your I think. This is this the first time you guys will come out this way? So how excited is it to come out, come out here to, to real Vegas and play a couple of games?
5: Oh, it's very exciting, Noah. I think that they've been doing a great job with their program out there, and we, we ran into them um, in Dallas and Frisco a couple years ago, and, and I stuck around and watched uh, their game. and They're a well-put-together team, and, and it seems like uh, they've, got, they've got the culture started the right way out in, out in Summerlin there and obviously at the campus. Um, hockey pretty new to Las Vegas, but man, whenever the Knights got off to that great tear that first year, it really sparked an interest in the sport. And I think that UNLV is jumping on it at the right time to, to get a specific crowd. Um, and I know that the, uh, what is it? Silver Knights are going down in Henderson soon. So hockey is, hockey is, uh, becoming more of a, a mainstream sport in Las Vegas. And you think about Las Vegas and sports, they didn't have a pro team for the longest time. Now they've got the Raiders. Now they've got the Knights. But the, the hockey, the Knights really started that push towards professional sports and what was considered a non-professional sports town. It's, uh, it's definitely turning the other way around. So um, I'm really excited for our guys to be able to experience it. You know, hopefully it's a, a handful of our guys' first time in Las Vegas, I can tell you that I don't think they're too excited about the bus ride because it is 24 hours one <laughs> way. Um, I oh, so, may you got, not...
3: so you guys are bussing from from Springfield to to Vegas, then.
5: Oh yeah, yep. That's a that's a nice sleeper bus ride, 24 <laughs> hours. Now I can't say that I'll be bussing it. I might find a flight out of Springfield, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's another bridge to cross another day. But um, yeah, no, we're. I, I think they're really excited. To, uh, to get out and play road games. You know, we've got a great conference schedule and, you know, playing games at home is great because we have a great atmosphere and a great crowd, um, but it's always fun to play games on the road. I know guys get excited to uh, spend that time with their teammates and really get to know one, each other, one another and uh, create those relationships that last for a lifetime.
2: And, and, okay, I, and so-
3: I, it's, it's appropriate because I'm watching the Golden Knights-St. Louis game here in the background. Here we are talking about uh, we're talking about Missouri and we're talking about Vegas. Anyways, go ahead, Scott. Let's, let's find out about Pink in the Rink. How about
5: that? Yeah, that's I exactly it. Translo, all the best. Uh, <laughs> i was sad to see him go, <laughs> but he's a heck of a defenseman.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask you about Pink the Rink. I've seen the pictures. Uh, I, I'm sure it doesn't do it justice as it would be when I get there on Friday afternoon, but – Tell us about uh, pink the Rink and, and all the things that it benefits.
5: Sure. So we've been fortunate enough to, to partner up with a, a great company, great organization here in Springfield for the last six, seven years. It's called Breast Cancer Foundation of the Ozarks, or BCFO. And uh, and and this is not the first time we've painted the ice pink, but it has been five or six years. Um, and it really, really does a great job of of raising awareness and getting, getting the message out there um, for a great cause, um, not only for our fans, but it really reaches out to people who are not your traditional hockey fans. Um, this is not an everyday event, everyday occurrence with the ice being painted. Um, same thing with our players. You know, it's a very special time. It, it's unfortunate to say, but uh, one out of, out of every eight women is affected by breast cancer in some way. And I know that from personal experience as well as players on the team and staff and volunteers that there are people in our own family that have been, that have been affected by breast cancer in one way or another. Um, and, and doing a weekend like this, it, it really helps um, us show the city of Springfield, show the university and, and possibly the rest of the league as ACHA and WCHL that, that not only are we invested in our players, But we invest our players into the community, and that's uh, a really humbling experience to to talk with these survivors, to talk with these doctors, and to listen to all the stories and and say, you know, thank you for coming out to our games. But you know, we're all on the same page with this, and it all affects everybody uh, uh, possibly the same. So um, it's it's a great event, and we've got some great jerseys that we're wearing this weekend. Um, that we're going to be raffling off at the end of the weekend to hopefully make some money for the BCFO. Um, Their proceeds go directly to the um, um, affected uh, breast cancer patients. Um, Basically, they pay for everything minus the uh, operations and surgeries. So they'll pay their rent. They'll pay for food. They'll pay for clothes. They'll pay for their kids to, to get a ride to school. I mean, it is a great organization. We're happy to partner up with them, and uh, the city of Springfield has has got on board with us, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really really wonderful weekend of hockey. But it's gonna be a really pleasant weekend to just be a uh, um, part of the community here.
2: All well, right, I can tell you, I'm looking forward to uh, to be there Friday night and uh, making it the game of the week. Uh, uh, off the ice is fantastic, and on the ice sounds like it's gonna be equally as good with UCO and uh, Missouri State doing battle Friday and Saturday night. Um, I do want to ask you one final thing, though. Last year, your team was uh, the only WCHL team to really play a season and, and get into that national tournament. Um, can you put a uh, – uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Can you put some sort of uh, experience factor, how important that was for you guys to taste that national tournament and now having it back at Centene this year? Um, uh, how much valuable experience you gained from that?
5: Sure. So from a, uh, from an off ice perspective, I can tell you it, it, it was challenging um, not only dealing with the uh, state of Missouri, um, the guidelines in the city of Springfield, but dealing with the university and uh, basically uh, balancing and juggling all of the different mandates requirements that were, that were being asked of us and, it did, it did create a fair amount of headaches. Um, but at the end of the day, my whole mindset was if we can, we should. And, and there's so many players and I feel my, my heart goes out to them across the country in ACHA hockey that were not able to play their senior year and, or, or were not able to play their freshman year. Um, it, it had its challenges for sure, but if there was a way I was going to make sure that, that I could do everything in my power to make sure that our staff was on board, our, our safety staff, um, our training staff, the rink here, the university, that everybody was on board to do things as, as well as we could, as safely as we could, as responsibly as, as we could, to make sure that these um, players had the opportunity to play the sport that they love, whether they were a freshman, whether they were a senior. Um it, it meant a lot to to the the players, to the fans, even though we had reduced capacity, uh extremely reduced capacity. Um it meant a lot to to let them know that we do care about them and we wanna make sure that they know that they have a home here at Missouri State University and that, you know, myself and the rest of the staff are going to swing the bat for them whenever whenever that time comes. Um you talk about the national tournament, to me that was just the icing on the cake. Um, the players had a motto throughout the entire season, both Division One and Division Three teams, which both did reach the national their national tournaments, respectively. Um, they had a motto uh, last year, and it was no excuses. Um, they they had no ex- no excuses to make about you know, oh, I have to get tested, or I have to wear a mask, or I have to social distance at practice or in the locker rooms they knew that they were fortunate enough to be able to play and to represent their school, represent their city and, uh, and, uh, and have fun with their, have fun with their teammates and, and playing college hockey. So it was a, it was a humbling experience. I hope that we never have to go back to it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad that we went through it. And uh, what uh, challenges you go through can only make you stronger. So.
2: Yeah. Very well said. Well, I get to see you this weekend. Steven will see you next weekend in Vegas uh, we're looking forward to it. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight. And uh, I look forward to seeing
5: you in person on Friday. Absolutely. Scott. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks you guys. And, uh, I'll continue to be, a. Uh... Another listener, so I know that Chris Perry's podcast has only got 14, so I'm looking over here and you guys have uh, 2,700, so I think you're blowing them out of the water. I may have to talk with Chris about that one. Uh, uh,
2: Ryan Armstrong, the general manager of the Missouri State Ice Bears, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Stephen and I will be right back to wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in two minutes.
0: Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates—the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
2: All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, our ACHA, our WCHL, our WWCHL podcast, every Wednesday night, seven thirty p.m. Mountain time, even though we started a little late tonight, Stephen and I uh, somehow managed to uh, to run over. So uh, we're going to have to kind of wrap it up quickly. But Scott Strandy in Kansas City, Missouri tonight. And in Springfield, Missouri, on Friday night, and Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. By, by the way, by the way, it is one nothing Vegas right now. Golden Knights over St. Louis Blues. So. I just, I just saw that. <laughs> uh, okay, um, quickly give us a recap on what you found out about uh, Missouri State tonight from the general manager Ryan Armstrong. Uh,
3: well, I like what he said about the experience of last year with the uh, with the pandemic. Uh, I think. He said, you know, if if they could play, they were going to find a way to play, and, and he acknowledged that it was not easy to do. That you know, my my thought sometimes went during the whole time was, you know, was it's, it seemed like it was there was so much you would have to do to get a season going. Is it almost easier just to say, you know, what we, we we can't really make this work? And I think that's how some teams ended up having to make that decision. But for them, they 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 wanted to play and they knew how important it was. And and as he said, it wasn't it wasn't easy with with the protocols and everything that. You had to go through that that last year and and put up with, but it was important as you mentioned. There was players that did not get to have a senior season and didn't didn't get to have a freshman season, which both are very important. You obviously want a good senior season and obviously you want a, a good freshman season to kind of get off on the right footing. So uh, that was important to them, and uh, and so that kudos to them. You're right, the only team in the WCHL that did get to play uh, last season. So. Uh, but it's a great – and then the pink in the rink is great. Uh, that is a great event. Uh, you know, We see that a lot in different levels of hockey when they do that sort of thing, and it's it's always a great uh, cause uh, no matter what level you're at. And, and, and I'm excited that you get to be there to, to witness that. And it sounds like they, they have some good crowds, and, and it sounds like uh, – and it's going to be important games. Obviously, we, we touched on that earlier. This is battle for one and two right now. Both are undefeated, uh, Missouri State, U- UCO. And are tied at the top of the WCHL standings, and we know these games will count for the standings, so uh, that's important to know too. So, well, uh, it's go ahead. No, go ahead. I, uh, like, I we, gonna, we're
2: running long as it is, yeah, so we'll let you I'll, get in there. Yeah, I was just gonna say the uh, the thing that I took away from that uh, goes right back to that word I've used for twenty months now. Relevancy. Wait, 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 wait.
3: Let me let me get let me guess. Relevancy.
2: <laughs> yeah, because uh, definitely these guys have stayed very, very relevant. They did everything possible. Not that other teams didn't, but they somehow made it work, um, going through the testing and everything they did to get to the national tournament. And I think more importantly on that, Stephen, they used that national tournament to propel them into this season. And uh, they they played Lindenwood. They had two tough games and two losses there. Otherwise, they've run the table so far, and everybody they played in conference, as you mentioned, undefeated against uh, undefeated this weekend. And uh more importantly, uh, just the, the backing. Remember what I said? I said if you don't keep your program relevant, your your fan base is gonna dwindle, it's gonna disappear. Well that is not the case at Missouri State, and I will see it firsthand, I'm told, on Friday night. So I look forward to it. Lots of other big games coming up. Do you have a rundown quickly on the other games this weekend? Sure,
3: you put you put me on the spot there. I figured I figured I did. I figured I did. Well, let me let me go to it real quick here. Let me go to the let me go to Friday here.
2: I well, we know to, what's happening. We know what's happening in Las yep. Vegas, right?
3: Well, yeah, UNLV is taking on U of A, uh, University of Arizona. Those will be weekend UNLV. series.
2: Friday, we- Saturday.
3: Friday and Saturday. UNLV coming up. As we mentioned, a couple of losses at Central Oklahoma. Air- University of Arizona had a busy week, and I think they played one Monday. They played well, anyways. We talked about it last week, but they ended up losing the most recent game to Grand Canyon. So both teams will want to win. And as you said, it's a two game series
2: and Arizona state traveling up to Utah for the weekend series.
3: Yeah. So those will be good. Grand Canyon coming off a nice win against uh, Arizona is going to host a uh, university of Colorado, Colorado coming off their f- first win. I guess not official league win as we've talked about, but they, they did win against Utah. They split last weekend. So they will be away. as you mentioned, Utah and Arizona state. And then the other one is we mentioned the big one. So uh, that's, that's all I have there, so that, that unless I missed a game there.
2: Okay, let's uh, let's say goodnight with a little Roger Klein, and the Peacemakers. I'll first let you get your read in, and uh, we'll say goodnight to everybody and tell them to tune in for the game of the week: UCO at Missouri State. Let me do this real quick. One thing before I do
3: that is uh, as we mentioned, the Golden Knights are playing right now. They have their morning skate. Robin Leonard is in net, but he was not at practice this morning, so they only had one goaltender. So they used an emergency goaltender, a ebug bug, if you want to call it. That's what that's abbreviated an e bug. But it, the e bug should be familiar to club to hockey fans because it was Eric Idison, who's a former UNLV goaltender. And it was his birthday today, so happy birthday oh. to him. And what a well, birthday yeah. present. He got to be out on the ice when, and be a part of the morning skate with the Golden Knights as the emergency backup. Uh, he said in <laughs> the tweet today, he said, barely survived my first practice as the emergency backup for the Golden Knights, but what a great way to start the birthday. And he says, <laughs> I love it. Then he said, dear God, let Robin Leonard stay injury-free this
2: season. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love Eric. Uh, so, I will see if I can get him on a podcast.
3: Yeah, so that was that was kind of cool for him and – And uh, to be able to be part of that just to get some time in with some NHL players as they were preparing for their game, which is going on right now. All right, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's a new phone for yourself or child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on Deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the U.S. or worldwide. UNLV Hockey, Play ACHA D one hockey in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to rebelhockey.com and see if the Bright Lights and Championship mindset is for you. Jesse Ray's barbecue at fifty six eleven South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is Barbecue Las Vegas style. By summer skates, just because the summer is gone doesn't mean we like to keep our doesn't mean we don't like our drinks to be warm. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com and click on the green tab of the squad locker banner to get yours. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. Buy M-Drive supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. And buy Behind the Mask. In the net, up the ice, or in line – serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network.
2: Very well done, my friend. Have a great weekend uh, watching WCHL hockey in Las Vegas. I will do the same in Springfield, Missouri, and we'll talk again next Wednesday night on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe, everyone.